Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here, and we're so grateful that all of you are here this morning. If you're a guest today, we're so happy to have you. Hope you found uh, parking easily. You found your way in the building. Um, we've got restrooms in the back. We have uh, sermons, uh, copies of my sermon in the back. If you're hard of hearing, it's an outline that you can follow along with the service. And we are going to start having a monthly gathering on the first Sunday of every month at 10 a.m. in our social hall. We'll gather here. We'll walk you over there if you're new. And it's going to be from everybody from this is my first day to I've recently joined. Make sure we constantly keep uh, new people in contact with one another. And um, Sunday school class reps will be there to make sure you understand Sunday school. And uh, just make sure that we're as welcoming as we can possibly be. Um, a number of things. Sunday night programming uh, continues tonight. We do not have youth group tonight because youth are coming back from a ski trip. They should be arriving in the midst of the service, and I'm sure they will all be hungry for the sermon and want to come in and hear the sermon when they arrive from the ski trip, I, I'm certain. Um, confirmation begins on the first Sunday of February at 10 a.m., and they're going to be joining with our newcomers and new members in that room because they're going to be talking about membership. They're going to be making an adult uh, decision about membership, and we'll have them uh, in that class with us in the social hall. It will be on Sundays through February and March, building up to Easter, the confirmation class. That's for sixth graders and anyone above the sixth grade that is yet to participate in confirmation that would like to do so. Uh, so if you have anyone that would like to do that, make sure they um, we know. Adults meet tonight at 5.15, not the other time, 5.15. And that's not a permanent time. That's what they're doing in the short term for a reason or two. Um, so they'll be together at 5.15. The office will be closed tomorrow for the holiday. And I have a dear friend um, in ministry who's uh, very ill with lymphoma in Indianapolis. And two other minister friends and I are traveling there tomorrow, uh, Monday through Thursday. So I won't be in the office this week. Uh, Reverend John Rush is going to um, take care of any pastoral care that we have. He's got a couple years experience. I trust, uh, trust in his abilities. I'm thinking... He can pull through in the moment and hold it together till I get back. Um, so if you'll just make sure the office knows and they will make sure that John knows. Delay is, um, we have uh, Beth. Beth. We, today is, um, yeah, there she is, I'm sorry. Um, today is library day, so immediately following the children's sermon, they can go to our children's library with Miss Beth. We always have two adults going with them to make sure um, that we have safe sanctuaries. Next Saturday at 7.30 p.m. is the uh, band's concert, the band that does our 9 a.m. service. Um, I told them today that the metrics for measuring your band is do you sound like the community sounds? Are you versatile? Are you talented? Are you divas? And they, are, they sound like this community. They're quite talented. They're quite versatile. And there's not a diva bone in their body. And I really encourage you to come out and um, support them next Saturday night at 7.30 in the FLC. It's the second of our concert series that you see on our um, beautiful posters that are on our doors, I believe. Oh, I'm sorry, one more thing. Um, the Administrative Council will meet directly following the combined service on the 31st, and that will be for one item, and it's to consider a proposal to have a program council and an admin council that each have different focuses uh, that um, help our church. So 31st immediately following the worship service in the social hall. 
Y'all remember everything? Y'all ready for it? We got a pop quiz on the announcements. All right. Let's begin our worship service.
Please stand as you're able for our first hymn, Sweet Hour of Prayer, number 496. Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 
Please be seated. Lord, for the children's sermon. And buckle up, kids. Mr. Ralph. know that in in January we've been talking and the sermons have been about here we got one more and the sermons have been about um, what we promise to do when we join the Methodist Church and those things are that we support the church with our prayers y'all know what prayer is right with our presence that was last week's children's sermon and presence means being here, that you're here today. And then our gifts, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And then next week we're going to talk about um, our service, which is those people who serve the church that are volunteers, like I'm an usher today and all these choir members up here. And then the last Sunday we're going to talk about witness. And witness means to go out and share Christ with other people. But today we're going to talk about gifts. Okay. It hasn't been long, it seems like it's been a long time since Christmas, but it's only been three or four weeks. Did y'all get any gifts for Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Good. Did you give any gifts for Christmas? Yeah. Is it more fun to give or get? Yeah. To give? <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> when you get older, it is more fun to give. Um, Jesus actually said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Um, well, there's a story in the Bible in Matthew 25 that's called the parable of the talents. And I've done this before. John and Julia are certainly familiar with it. But I won't do it again. <clears throat> and rather than read out of the Bible that passage, I'm going to tell you that story. Now listen closely because I'm going to give you a test at the end. There was a man that owned a business and he had three people that worked for him. And he was going away for a very long time so he called those three people in and he said to them, I'm going away and I'm going to trust each one of you with some of the money from this business. Now two of the three people took the money and they immediately went out and worked hard and doubled the amount that they were given. They doubled it. Well, the third one, he didn't do that. He took his and he went out and dug a hole and put it in the ground. 
Now, after a long time, that businessman came back. And when he got back home, he called those three people in. And the first two men met with the boss, and he said, uh, they, he said I entrusted you um, with my money. What did you do with it? And they said, well, look, we doubled what you gave us. So he asked the third guy, he said, what did you do? And he said, well, I knew you were a really tough businessman, and I was afraid to risk it. I was afraid that I might lose it, so I went and buried it in the backyard. Okay? So that's the story um, that Jesus told, and it's called a parable. So the two men that doubled their money, he smiled at them and said, that's great. The man that, uh, that went and hid the money and buried it, he told him, he frowned at him and he said, you're fired. Okay? So he let him go. So he didn't work for him anymore. Um, so Jesus was telling that story so uh, we would know that when it comes to our gifts, that we don't need to play it safe. We don't want to take it and bury it in the backyard when we have gifts. We need to multiply those gifts so we can share them with others. Now, after I say a prayer, we're going to play a game. Uh -oh. <laughs> and the game is that I'm going to be the boss in the story. And you're going to be my workers, my employees. And just like in the story, I'm going to give each one of you a gift. And you can do anything you want to with it. You can take it out and spend it. You can put it in the bank. You can bury it in the backyard. But what I hope you'll do is to put it to work for you and multiply it. Okay? And we, okay? All right. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these children and the families they represent. They are your gift to us in the future of your church. Help them to grow in the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Here's the gift. You can go back to your seat when you get
Promise me, O Lord, send it in the need of prayer. Not my father, not my mother, but it's me, O Lord, send it in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, O Lord, send it in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, O Lord, send it in the need of prayer. Standing in the need of prayer. Standing in the need of prayer. Standing in the need of Our first scripture lesson today comes from Psalm 44, first three verses. We have heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days and days long ago. With your hand you drove out the nations and planted our ancestors. You crushed the peoples and made our ancestors flourish. It was not by their sword that they won the land nor did they, the, their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you loved them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this week we remember Paige Brooks who lost her grandmother. Remember the Moore family, the Greer High basketball team and Greer High community. We remember the Warwick family because you've asked us to. You've asked us to consider those who are experiencing loss and to be present with them as best we can. And though we're frail, though this world comes after us, though it harms us, and we get sad, we get angry, we know you are patient, Lord. We thank you for listening in the midst of our pain. We ask you to help us to listen to others in the midst of theirs, that they may know your comfort. As we read your text, as we sing your songs, as we pray your prayers, help us, Lord, to be mindful that you are forever our loving parent, willing to give. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. If you'll pass the attendance sheet while you do, and if you're a visitor, please put contact information that you would like us to use.
Please be seated. Ralph set up the series perfectly, so I don't need to tell you any more about what we're doing. I'll just give you a reminder that the 31st is a combined service, and it's in the FLC in the gym at 10 a.m. on the 31st. I've told them that they will be sitting in the bleachers so that y'all will have seats to sit in, because so, I'm expecting y'all to come. So today we're talking about gifts. And I thought one of the greatest gifts um, ministers have given me, people in the church have given me, my parents have given me, is wisdom. And I thought in a Sunday that we were going to talk about gifts, it would be great to turn to Proverbs and let that text be the focus of what we talk about. So if you would like to turn to the reading today, it's on page 986 in your pew Bible. And I read parts of it and come back to it. So if you like to have it open or have it with you, just make sure you keep it open. We're looking at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. It's on page 986. My child, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry out loud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's an awful lot in that first section. So let's pull it apart into a couple phrases. Number one, my child. I love the way that starts because it sets a tone the way that you are speaking to that person. Would you say my child if the child was running into the street? No, you'd scream at them. You'd scream their first name or their first name and their middle name or their first name, middle name, last name to turn around and to stop. If your child had a cup on the den floor that was carpet and you told them not to set it there and then they monkeyed around and flailed their arms and then they hit it, would you say, my child? <laughs> no, you would not. You'd say something, uh, well. My child has a tone that's um, calm. We're, we're talking about instruction. We're slowing it down. We're using an easier tone. Because you want the child to understand what you're about to say. This is a phrase of love. And many, many things have been done before this conversation. Whether it be a teacher with a student, a coach with a player, a parent with a child, a grandparent with a child, God with us. Many, many things in love have been done before we've ever talked about me giving you instruction. And I hope that you notice that. That's, that's the person speaking to the child. And there's one tiny little word in there. If. If has got so many implications. First of all, it establishes firmly that there's free will. Because the person speaking to the child is saying, if you do this. They're not saying, when you do this. I'm going to give you valuable instruction if you listen. You'll be set up for success if you do it. 
You'll have great opportunities in this life if you have the right mindset. If. The upside of free will is amazing potential of unleashing the best in someone, not dictating how they're going to do it with a little railroad track. The downside is the crushing pain of rejection that the person feels if they're rejected. But yet God offers if. We offer if. If you do this, it's really going to help you. The words calling and crying and searching, there's a passion attached to that. If you act with passion, if you believe with passion, if you are striving to do the right thing with everything that you have, do you have great passion that will help you overcome obstacles? The image that comes to mind immediately because we're in the midst of basketball season is me teaching the girls to get a loose ball. And so I'll put the ball up on the basket and let it bounce one time and tell them, you've got to go get it like it matters. Like it actually matters that we get this ball back. Like if you don't get it on the first bounce and it keeps bouncing, that there's still an opportunity to get it if you have the passion to go get it. If you have the passion to go get it, we might get the ball six more times. We might score one more time. So, my child, if... You behave with great passion. If you strive for it, think about those early explorers in those ships with sails, powered by sails, just leaving their country in a desperate search for something spectacular. He says, if you strive for this. And the final phrase there is, you will understand the fear of the Lord. Now, I always want to be careful when I use that phrase because there are many churches, there are many leaders that motivate by fear. Fear of something awful that will happen to you in this life or the next. That's how they get you to do what they want you to do. That's um, uh, never been my style theologically or um, is parentally a word? Whatever it is. As a parent or as a theologian. Fear has not been the prime. Now, we use it a couple times. Every once in a while we use fear, but it's not the primary motivator. The best way to describe it, in my opinion, theologically, that word is respect. Do you have great respect for God and for what God has done? You ever hear people wonder out loud if children and youth today have the proper respect for adults and for God? Sometimes we've said it. Sometimes we've heard people say it. The thing I always say to a person who says it is, well, uh, who taught them? (laughs) Right? Who are they watching? They're watching kids a good bit, but they're also watching you. They're listening a little bit to what you say. But they're watching a ton what you actually do. Well, who's their example? Do we as adults... Understand that God loves us as a child, that God gives us free will, doesn't dictate what we do. God wants us to call out, to cry, to search like it matters for the truth, and that God wants us to have respect, to set the tone for children. Verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So all throughout the holiday season, really starting way before Thanksgiving, 
Businesses had commercials that were just fighting like cats and dogs to show that their gift was the gift for Christmas. The gift. A lot of them revolve around electronics. That's going to move the needle a lot at Christmas. And you know what? There are really neat gifts that are at Christmas. Um, I have a, or I had a uh, Ford Crown Victoria. I don't know how many of you saw it, but it was black. I thought it was practical at the time that I bought it. I thought it's got a huge trunk. It's safe. I get my children from here to there. It's not going to break down. It wasn't very expensive. There's not a person in the world that liked it. Not one. When I would pull up in it, people would go, what, what are you doing? You know, you, you go to ministry meetings, you go to school meetings, you go to, uh, uh, I don't know, I get out of it at Hardee's. And people are like, hmm. I thought it was practical. I was allowed for Christmas, my Christmas present, was to trade in that car that no one liked for a Chevrolet truck. Now, Chevrolet trucks are infinitely more valuable than Ford Crown Victorias. I don't know if you know that. In this area, people like trucks more than they like Crown Victorias. That may be surprising to you. So I had a 2011, and to get the same payment and payoff, I got a 2004. That was my Christmas gift, and I, I look at it, and I love it. And you know what people say when I get out of it now? Nice truck. That's it. That's all they say. I don't ever say anything else. Will you CIA? Um, that gift was amazing. The gifts that we gave the girls were amazing. The little things that they gave us, my goodness, were amazing. I'm not saying not giving each other. I'm just saying eliminate gifts. But the greatest gift that we can give our children is the example. It's wisdom. It's understanding. So the great gifts that this text talks about are knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And of course, depending on the dictionary that you search, you might get very similar definitions of these three words. But if you think of knowledge as facts and information, understanding as to know how something works, and wisdom as the application of those two with experience. See, we can learn a great deal. We can know a lot about a subject. And then you can get out in the middle of that subject and you think, my goodness, this is where the rubber meets the, rubber meets the road. Understanding the love that God gives us and bestowing that wisdom upon our children and youth in our services, in our programs, in our sports, in everything that we do is one of the most critical things that we can do here at Memorial. Verse 7 says, He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For He guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Now this is the only struggle for me. And I think it's a struggle for many. Because the text says, if you do the right thing, you're going to be protected and it's going to work out. Has that always happened for you? Hmm. It's more likely to happen for you because you've put yourself in a situation where good things can happen. Um, uh, Paige was unable to leave right when the youth were leaving Friday, so I traveled up with the youth to be representative with them until she was able to get there. We spent some time. We had um, pizza, and I spoke to the boys, and I said, uh, Boys, let's make good choices this weekend. And that's all I ever say to 
children that are about to leave and represent us and represent you and represent themselves. Let's just make good choices. Bad things may happen to us, but let's make good choices so that we put ourselves in a good position. But the truth is, there are times when the grimy will have success. And there are times when the upright will have great failures. And in those times, both children and adults will wonder, is it worth it to be upright? Is it worth it to keep doing this when success doesn't come immediately and it seems to for those people? That's when our wisdom and our experience have got to come into play for our children because I teach them all the time about politeness, about doors, about all sorts of things in public and then sometimes we go in public and they see people do something and they look at me and they go, what's that? This isn't going to get us anywhere behaving like this. And I have to tell them, well, um, not everybody listens to daddy. But you will, because you're on full scholarship, plus benefits. You're going to do what I'm talking about. You're going to keep trying, despite the results. And there are plenty of occasions in which the results will work out. Verse 9 says, Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. So I've heard in many different settings at various points in my life the phrase, no plan survives contact with the enemy. Meaning we talk about it. And then we actually go out there and then we go, whoa. Whether that be talking about what a worship service is going to be, talking about what a game plan is going to be, talking about what a trip is going to be, and then we actually get out there and we wonder if this is what we're supposed to be doing. And that moment is when we have a tremendous opportunity as adults to show children what it means to have belief in a God who loves us, who cares for us, who restores us, who renews us, who gives us an opportunity to do something special in this world. So let's we as children take our free will, call, cry, and search for what the truth may be so that we may have true respect for the Lord and our children may learn from us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our final hymn is Amazing Grace, number 378, and we invite you to stand if you are able.
Again, I encourage you to come out and support our band next Saturday at 7.30 in the gym of the Family Life Center. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Thank you.